Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Well, hello, and welcome back to another Unveiling Grace podcast episode. We are so excited because this is part two of an interview that Lynn and I did with Lisa Brockman about her new upcoming book. I'm Joel Grote, and if you missed part one, you're going to want to take time to listen to that because it's a fantastic, heartwarming interview, and we had to stop it right in the middle of a story that Lisa was telling. So, again, I'm Joel Grote, and with me is... Lynn Wilder, and this is, for me, kind of a, ooh, deja vu, because I've been through this book writing process, and then the article in the Christianity Today, and Lisa's life is about to change by the grace of God. Um, Mm. Lisa, I am thrilled to have you in this ministry with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing your story because after performance-based religion, there is a better place to go and his name is Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, we, we were in the middle of talking about your family relationships. Elisa's family is still in performance-based religion and this is a very sensitive thing to do to come out publicly as a biblical Christian and then have Mormon family. Um, how have you negotiated that, Lisa? Well, I think the way that I've negotiated it the past 25 years is to not really talk about what I believe. I can talk a lot about God and about Jesus because my family talks about God and Jesus. But I just avoid the topic of doctrine for the majority of the time. And that's been my way of keeping peace. And... And that was understandable, given your parents' reaction when you first told them. Yes, it was a very tumultuous ride. So why don't you take us back there briefly and then have that be kind of the segue into what you were talking about at the end of um, our last episode with now having to tell them that you've written or you're writing a book. Yes. Well, when I told them I was leaving the Mormon church, I took them to a little Japanese restaurant because I was terrified and I needed to manage the reaction in some way, shape or form as best I could. So I thought small Asian restaurant is probably the best setting. And I think it's probably not the kindest setting for my parents, but it was the way that I felt like I could get through that conversation. And as I shared with my parents, I've placed my trust in Jesus Christ alone for eternal life. Uh, My mom just screamed with tears, like the deepest guttural angst. You've left us. You've left the family. And my dad began conversing doctrine with me. And I mean, it was their deepest terror and loss. And it was my greatest gain. At the same time, I needed to walk through what was 
the greatest desolation season of my entire life. So telling my parents, I'm writing my story and I'm comparing biblical and Mormon plans of salvation. <laughs> and it felt like I was going back to that little Japanese restaurant 28 wow. years ago. So I was terrified. And my husband and I scheduled a FaceTime appointment with my dear parents who, I will say, have worked so hard to as hard at the relationship as we have to keep love really central to our relationship. And they have sacrificed uh, so much to make, to make it work for us. So we've both worked really hard for love to reign. And um, so I just felt so much. So cool. Go ahead. I just said it's just so cool because God honors that, that commitment to love on both your parts. Yes, he really does. And I just have felt so much compassion for them because they didn't sign up for this journey, <laughs> this ride. Right. And, it's, I, and I wouldn't have, which you would hear in the last episode, had God not just kept inviting me to keep following him. So we had a FaceTime call and I shared after an hour of just beating around the bush about the book offer I'd received and the doors that had been opened to me over the previous five years and that I was going to write my story, our story. And my dad said, honey, what's the rub in you right now? Cause he could see and he could hear all of my angst and anxiety. Yep. And a I good said, father knows his daughter's heart. Yes. Yep. And I said, Dad, I just love you guys so much. I don't want to dishonor you. And I, this is such a tenuous line I'm walking. And I just want to do this well. And he said, honey, we know you love us and we love you. And we know you won't dishonor us. And wow. it shocked me. I began to weep and my husband began to weep. It was so unexpected. And that was the beginning of this thread which had been desolation for 28 years began to be a redemptive thread and had I not been faithful to walk into this mysterious unknown that really has been very terrifying for me the whole way through God would not have had the opportunity to shimmer and shine and bring yeah. redemption like he is and then my mom said in tears she said Lisa I've been indoctrinated and I feel like I'm back in the Japanese restaurant. And I said, I know mom, that's how I felt too. And she oh. said, she said, I, I don't think I can read this book. And I said, that's okay, mom, I'm not writing this. So you'll read it. I just am inviting you to journey with me in any way you can. So we began there and very tender. It was so mm -hmm. tender and yeah. And then I began to write, and three months into that, we just didn't have conversation about it for the most part. And then probably after I'd written the manuscript, my mom and dad were in town for my daughter's college graduation, and my mom had the courage to ask if it had a title. And I just was like coughing it out out of Zion. Like, <laughs> I was so uncomfortable in my own skin talking about it. It's oh, just been this yeah. journey of flexing this muscle, flexing this muscle that I had not flexed ever, and or for the most part, ever. So, um, 
I said, in case Harvest House listeners, go ahead. In case listeners didn't get that, the book is out of Zion. <laughs> right? Yes, thank you, Lynn, for clarifying. Out yes. of Zion. I coughed it out. Uh, and I was like, Harvest House named it. Like, I just wanted to blame my publisher for everything. <laughs> and then, so anyway, I went home at Christmas, the, the end of that month. So this was last December. And I could sense my mom was really clamoring. And it was very uncomfortable. And it was interesting because my parents give all of my siblings and family members a book every year that's a Mormon fictional account of a family going across the plains and like Mm -hmm. pilgrims and such and I don't get them of course but everyone else does and this year I saw it on the coffee table at my sister's house and it was I think it's something like in pursuit of Zion or something like that and that's funny my son overheard my mom share with my sister, well, it sounds like we're going to have an out of Zion in the family in October. I hope I hope she doesn't use her maiden name on that cover. And so I, I knew my mom, and why wouldn't she be filled with angst? It's her right. story, too. She has no idea what's going in that book. And so my yeah. heart of compassion for her grew so big that I knew I wanted to move through all of my fear and terror and invite her into a conversation and ask her when she came to Orlando last February, what is the impact of me writing my story and our story on you? And so at the end of her time here, I finally, I was praying the whole, I don't know, hour before, Jesus, just give me courage to jump, give me courage to jump. And... I jumped off that cliff and into mystery and I just asked her, I invited her into that conversation and I said, you didn't sign up for this and I just want to know the impact on you. And she just cried and she Aww. just said, Lisa, I am so fearful. And I said, I get that mom. And we began a conversation that lasted about 45 minutes where at the beginning of the conversation, she, she said, Lisa, I can't read your book. And I said, that's okay, mom. I've never written this, so you would read the book. And I said, I don't know all the reasons God's having me do this. But one thing I do see is that there's a massive exodus, which I know you're aware of, happening out of Mormonism. And these people are so disillusioned with God that they're totally turning their back on any idea of him. And this is an invitation from Jesus through my story saying, don't give up on me. I'm good. I'm kind. I'm loving. And I want relationship with you. And I said, mom, that's what I can see right now. And that's where we began. And about halfway through the conversation, she'd shifted to, I don't know your story, but I, I can't read your story. And I was like, it's okay, mom. (laughs) mom. And I was never asking her to read my story. Right. But what came out and surfaced in that the beginning of the conversation is Mormons have this mindset that anybody who writes a book about their doctrine who isn't aligned with their doctrine, it's considered anti-Mormon literature. Yeah. And it's like nowhere else in the world do we classify things as anti-something. Like, if somebody writes a book against Christianity, I don't call it anti-Christian literature. It's just somebody's vision of reality, and I don't consider it 
everything like I'm a victim of this perspective but with Mormons it's very much there are two camps there are pro-Mormon literature authors and anti-Mormon and so my mom was scrambled because she has this category of my story will be anti-Mormon literature but right. the way she's experienced me for 27 years is not anti-Mormon judgmental exactly. harsh so it created this crisis for her. Like, I know that's not who you are, but I don't have any other category for you. Yeah, or your book for that matter. So Lisa, I want to camp there for a sec because again, I think you're hitting on something really key and, and something I've learned from doing this now for several years. We always start our presentations by saying, we love the Mormon people. Mm -hmm. We've got this, you know, PowerPoint slide and we go over and over about how we were there, how there are people, how we love them, how, yes. you know, yes. and imagine how different that, <laughs> that Japanese restaurant experience would have been had you not opened, mm -hmm. right, by reminding your parents. and over and over Mormons will say to me someone brought me to your presentation and the first thing you said was and you said it with with compassion was I love the Mormon mm. people and that one thing took that anti away yes. right yes. for them yes. and so one of the things I love about your book and your whole approach is that you disarm people as well with that gracious, mm -hmm. generous, mm -hmm. merciful, reconciling love of the God of the mm -hmm. Bible. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Yes. So are we ready to move on to talk about your upcoming article in Christianity today? Almost. I want to hear the rest of the story with her mom. So how, where did this conversation <laughs> oh. end up finally? Okay, so where is she now with the, your book? Well, at the end of our 45-minute conversation in February, she closed it with tears. Lisa, I don't know your story. I want to know your story. And I believe God wants me to read your book. So... I wow. was just in awe. <laughs> and my mom has wrestled really beautifully with my journey. And all I can see right now in this journey is that, you know, my story is an invitation to these post-Mormons. Don't give up on Jesus. He's good. He's loving. Like I'd mentioned before. Right. And so I said, I just want to know how I can best love you and honor you in this. And the essence of my dad's response over that hour and a half conversation, he was so at rest. And he just said, Lisa, you are an incredible woman with deep faith. And I want you to take advantage of every invitation, go through every door that's open to you to spread a message of hope. And it wow. just blew my mind. Wow. It blew my mind. Like God is giving me such unexpected encounters with my dear parents. And then my mom was again so vulnerable and tender and through tears she said, "Lisa, I always chose the right. I always I never questioned I never needed to." And she said, "Your you leaving the church was the most devastating thing that's ever happened in my life and it's also the thing 
that's caused me to grow more than anything in my life. And she said, you are a person who just keeps challenging me to grow. And journeying with you has caused me to see that God is very alive and active outside the Mormon church. And it's also brought, caused me to grow a compassion for all people, not just Mormons. And so she said, I want you to take advantage of every invitation. But she said, I don't need to know about them. For me, my journey right now is asking God to give me the courage to read your story. Wow. Lisa, you have amazing parents. I have amazing parents. They, they are so obviously sensitive to the Spirit of God. They're doing their best to love Him and honor Him and love and honor you. This is incredible. And this is such such a work of god wow um i hope this is an encouragement to people who are listening to us who may not be 26 years into their story with their yes relatives close family they're still in (laughs) performance-based religion they may be into you know year 0.5 or year two or year five and they're like man i would love to be there Mm -hmm. i guess i hope what Mm -hmm. they hear from you is continue to love well and trust God to do the yes. restoration yeah because he's done an amazing redemptive thing yes in your family wow he really has and had I not risked you know my disordered loves like kept the peace right and maintained control over the relationships by being silent I would never have given Jesus the opportunity to shimmer like yeah. he is like I just think he is having the time of his life. Some of what we talked about before off air, how you continue to feel the trauma mm-hmm. of this whole transition process mm-hmm. of you know life before what it was, your journey, um, what performance-based religion does to people at the very depths of their being. Um, Mm. And so what I'd like you to do is talk a little bit about how you've encountered that even now. Because I think some people think that spiritual maturity is when we no longer suffer trauma, we no longer have grief, um, we we no longer suffer, there's no more conflict. If that happens in our life, now we're spiritually mature. And that is like so not the case. Right. Um, So, yeah. So go ahead and... Share with us a little bit about that. And if you want to just talk about the picture first as the segue, go ahead, because I love this story. (laughs) Well, at the beginning of August, um, I was getting communication from my publisher asking for me to gather and round up 30 influencers to help spread word about my book. And knowing that my book release was right around the corner, I was absolutely seized with anxiety in my body for three weeks and I couldn't I could hardly eat I was nauseous I was sleepless I knew shame like the shame and self-contempt was plaguing my mind and I didn't know what was going on but no amount of spiritual practices could ground me in the love of God and um, I wasn't making connections to the past at all. I was just completely seized with terror and anxiety. Well, it was during that time that Christianity Today set up a photo shoot with me. And so 
I started that photo shoot with beautiful beach waves that my hairstylist had come at 5.30 in the morning to put in my hair. And it was like 90 degrees outside in Orlando at 7 a.m. and 100% humidity. And within minutes, my beach waves were gone. And by the end of that photo shoot, <laughs> oh, no. I am like shiny faced. And the photographer kept wanting serious photos. And I'm like, oh, that's not, I don't do serious photos. And I'm like, that's not my good side. And so you got to take pictures of my good side. I'm like, micromanaging this photo shoot in in a little bit of a way and so anyway christianity today sends me back the um edited version of my story and it has the whole pdf layout and the picture they chose was at the end of this two-hour photo shoot it's not my good side my hair's like frizzy no beach wipes and i was like in horror and matt was my editor so i emailed him back i affirmed i love what you've done with the article but i i don't like that picture at all i hate that picture and i was just in this place of contempt and um so much self-contempt and shame so yeah well actually over the next 24 hours i went to the hairstylist and i told him because he came to the photo shoot with me just graciously he's amazing i talked it up to wayne i'm like it's a horrible picture it's like the worst well he saw it and he's like lisa it's stunning it's gorgeous and i was like what i didn't even have a category for that and then my friend happened to be at the salon showed it to her and she said it's perfect it's you it's whimsical but it's serious and i was like but i'm not like serious in photos and she said lisa what did it take you to write your story i was like oh it took that and she said yeah and then the owner of the salon who'd done my hair for 12 years was there and his wife well they loved the picture so what i i just surrendered i was like okay lord i'm gonna trust <laughs> you and i'm gonna trust the designer and let it rest. Well, then I, I really want to see this picture now, just so you know. <laughs> right? I'm building the story loop. So then I just let it go. I emailed Matt. I said, I don't need to talk to the designer. I'm going to trust God and trust you guys and do what you do best. So uh, I got a letter from my first discipler at the University of Utah who walked with me th from through my entire exodus from Mormonism. Yeah. She remembered the conversations and she just said, Lisa, you're walking into this isn't all new territory for you. And you've done this before. And I realize I'm having a PTSD response to when I left Mormonism. And oh, wow. then it all yeah. made sense. My, that's why I could not ground my body. It didn't matter what kind of truth was in my head. I was in a total PTSD meltdown. So we have a therapist who does trauma therapy. Thanks to adoption, we've learned all about trauma. And um, she got me in that week, and after two hours with her, neutralized the trauma in my body. And it is night and day. But it's been 28 years since I left the Mormon church, began that journey, and that happened presently. So that yeah. journey was tumultuous and very traumatic, and it's amazing how our body keeps the score. Yes. And... And I guess, you know, and I so appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate your vulnerability and your transparency because, again, there are people who are not anywhere near as far down the road as you. They're still in the middle of this. And I guess I want to offer both realism and hope. And, and the real picture is, and Lynn, you can testify to this, that the trauma 
never totally goes away. The impact never totally leaves you, but despite that, God continues to meet you in new and real and deeper ways as a result of it. And it's an invitation into even deeper intimacy with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're kind of out of time, but um, so the radio will probably get a shorter version and on the website we'll do the full version. And then just some final words of hope to people who are in their transition uh, and then an encouragement to get your book, Buy Out of yes. Zion by Lisa Brockman, please. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to have a huge impact both for you and for anyone who's being impacted by performance-based religion now. So. Uh, where can people find you? Where can they connect with you on social? Well, my website that we're building out right now, which it's live, or it's lisabrockman.me. Okay. And there are links on that site to my Facebook and Instagram. Instagram is lisabrockman underscore me. And then I'm just Lisa Brockman on Facebook. Cool. And again, the book comes out, release October. date, October 1st, right? Yep. And it's going to be available probably on Amazon. Is that going to be uh, an Amazon Kindle book, do you know, to start with? It's available for pre-order presently, and it's both in Kindle and softcover right now. Cool. So Thank you. <laughs> so, well, thank you. We need to bring this to a close. Uh, but Lisa, again, thank you for your transparency, for your authenticity, for letting Jesus be enough in your story. Lynn, thank you so much for being able to relate. And Lynn, um, I'm gonna let you and Lisa have the last words on this one. So I'm gonna say goodbye to everybody. Lisa and Lynn, any final words for our listening audience? Final words? I think my final words would be just rest in Jesus's light and easy yoke. Stay yoked to him, cause it's light and it's easy in that space. Grace and peace. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilders book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.